Laptop Entrepreneurs, Colin here, where I talk all about what I care about, how I hope to make an impact, and hopefully how you can implement these same principles. Super excited. We are on episode seven and decided to spice it up a little bit. I'm kind of tired of always hearing my own voice. So I brought on a (laughs) friend of mine. We actually met in middle school um, and we haven't talked in about a decade now. So this is pretty cool. His name is Chris Gutierrez, and he's a community sales manager at Ashton Woods. We're going to be talking a little bit about some real estate, creativity, social media, community engagement, community building, um, and I'm looking forward to it. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Colin. Thanks for having me, man. Pleasure to be here. Of course. So you're packing up today, huh? You're moving to Arizona? I am packing up, moving back to Arizona from the great state of Texas. And, you know, it's a sad sad sight to see. I, I love this place. Yeah, dude, for sure. What? Uh, when did you move out to Dallas? Uh, I think I moved out maybe a little over two years ago. Yeah, years yeah, it was uh, July fourteenth, twenty eighteten. Super cool. Have you checked out any like Cowboys games or you know, games? I don't think I'd be standing here if uh, if I went to a Cowboys game. I don't think so. All right, but I, I mean the Dallas Mavericks we can play with. Though. I mean they got Luca Doncic. He's pretty sweet. Luca, Luca, yeah, he's he's going insane this this season. Well, you can call it a season after all the stuff that's happening. Yeah, man, he is one heck of a talent, though, dude. I, I love him and stuff like that. He's he's a beast. Yeah, you always used to be in the basketball. Huh? I remember that. Yeah, it's it's been a while. We need to catch up for sure, dude. I know. Yeah, when uh, are you? Do you like Arizona more or Texas? Because I actually thought about moving to Texas after. Ooh, so that's that's the that's the million dollar question. Um, family, friends have always been asking me that, and uh, you know, Dallas is is very family orientated. The people are nice. the The weather is beautiful. I can probably oh, yeah. compare it to. Uh, it's like a little warmer California, honestly. You know, okay. the, the one thing people complain about when they move here, or at least the people who don't even live here, is oh, the humidity. The humidity. No, 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 no. There, there's a nice wind all year long, um, mm-hmm. and like right now, it's it's like 95 degrees with wind. Oh, that's so not too bad. Yeah. It's yeah, compared to what in Arizona, it's up it's been 115, 120 degrees recently, right? Yeah, man. You can't even like go outside, it's so hot. Like even if you want to go for a walk, you can't even go till like eight PM and it's already almost dark and you're like, gosh. It it feels like you're walking into a, um, an air or what's it called? Um uh, uh, hair dryer, right? Oh, yeah. Or a hair blower, whatever you call it. <laughs> Dude, for real. I mean, I, I used to make, like, those pizza bagels on the street because it was so hot in Arizona. So you could, yeah. just, like, you could just heat up your food real quick. You don't even need a microwave. Oh, uh, a little microwaving? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I love Dallas. I, I honestly would be staying here uh, probably for the rem- you know remainder of my life, even though, you know, we're so – we're so young, but uh, it's an awesome place. The only reason I'm, I'm moving back to Arizona is, is for the whole family situation. I have a lot of uh, of my you know direct family, brother, mother, father, mm-hmm. who uh, who live in Arizona. And, you know, of course, during this whole crisis, COVID thing, whatever you want to call it, um, they, they they've just been pleading me, hey, you know, please come back, you know, just in case something happens, we want you here. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, family is going to be the number one thing, at least for at least for me. So always, uh, that's that's been on the books just to get back for the last couple months. And so, you know, it's finally happening. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Well, what have you been up to this past decade? I mean, since we haven't talked so long. <laughs> I believe last time we talked was uh, was second grade, I think it was. Yeah, it was so second. more than a decade, second grade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of decades. Well, because you, did you move schools, um, yeah. right? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, because we went to, yeah, St. John Vianney. Yeah. And um, yeah, second grade, I moved over to uh, Litchfield Elementary. So right down the road. Cool. Did you end up uh, staying all throughout eighth, eighth grade? Yeah, man. I ended up staying there. My mom loved that school, um, and then she loved Grophy, so I went and went there. Um, so, and then yeah, then just finished up school in Nebraska. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to think about like how you know when we were in second grade, like our favorite thing was usually PE or like <laughs> just our, our biggest worry was making sure we'd win the capture the flag game or like, yeah, you know, we make sure we hoop during recess and stuff like that. It's crazy how like that we're adults now and now we actually are doing real things. Um, right. Right. They're nuts. Yeah. And, and the, you know, the big, I think the biggest difference is like the route we took, right. You know, mm-hmm. I think you went more the traditional college, you know, very, very, you know, high education versus me, you know, barely passing high school <laughs> and, you know, going into sales. And so, you know, there's there's so many different routes that that one person could take, you know, to be successful, successful when, you know, whatever they think that is. Right. Absolutely. Um, so that's what I think, you know, is, is the craziest thing to think about. Well, yeah. In sales, I mean, OK, so I, I personally think college is a little bit of a scam all that's another topic um but i do enjoy the experience and the connections and the networking and stuff like that but i think that the number one thing that we don't really learn about is how to have like good sales techniques um mm-hmm. they'll teach you the basics and stuff like that but what would be your like go-to sales techniques um after you know with all your positions you've had now with mm-hmm. ashton woods um what would be like your big tips for sales yeah so I did. I I was always told that I just had a natural sales thing, and at a young age, I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no plan of, of going into sales at all into high school. My mm-hmm. plan was just, you know, hey, I'm going to go play baseball. I'm going to play, you know, college baseball, professional baseball, and call it a day. Right. Obviously, that's not the case. And so, um, uh, I actually had back surgery, which kind of said, hey, Chris, you know, you you can't be doing, you know, physical labor. You can't be doing anything like that. So that took everything off the table of any sports, of any, you know, labor intensive jobs. So the only thing I knew about at the time, I at least had some idea was was real estate. Um, my mother was in real estate at the time for about 30 years or so. So mm-hmm. um, being, you know, coming with her to work on the weekends, helping her out, you get a little you get familiar with uh, the, you know, the vocab. Um, and, and it really helped me out. So I just kind of said, hey, why not? Why not do what my mom does? So mm-hmm. she asked me, she said, do you really want this? Because she was never the, the type to say, hey, Chris, you're going to you're going to do what I do. This is, you know, this is final. So mm-hmm. um, she really asked me if I want to do. And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? And uh, she told me she got, you know, I always knew you kind of had a natural thing for it. The way you bug me and constantly, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, just keep coming at me. And so I was like, OK, sure. Why not? Um and it wasn't until I got to Dallas where I really grew up uh, because it, I tried getting into real estate when I was 18, 19 years old. So right when I finished high school, but I failed that real estate test like five to six, seven times. 
it was just horrible. Um, really, dude. I'm actually. Yeah, it's crazy that you mentioned this because my mom. My mom's a realtor too. She has been for about 15 years. My grandmother's been doing it for about 40. Oh, like, nice. so I come from the same kind of background as you. But yeah, I'm actually thinking about getting my license soon. So what? What do you think is tough with the test? You know, it's it's all about experience. So if you if you're not familiar with you know mortgages, finance, um, mm-hmm. just it's just it comes to life experience. Um, yeah. you don't see many people, you know, 18 to 25 have a, have a license. You know, if they do, they, you know, that they, they really, really study and don't get me wrong. I, I studied a lot, but at a young age, I just did not know how to learn if that makes sense. No, hundred um, percent. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And so that's what I had to kind of overcome was how to learn. And what I realized is I can remember things that has <laughs> such a great volume and then, mm-hmm. That's it wasn't until maybe three or four months before I moved to Dallas where I figured out, okay, this is how you're supposed to learn. This is how I personally learn, mm-hmm. which, uh, which really stumped me in uh, high school, which is why I had problems in school because I didn't know how to, how to retain stuff and how to actually learn. It wasn't that I was a bad kid or anything. I just did not know how to <laughs> learn for myself. Um, yeah, and that takes takes time too. I mean, learning learning your own habits and your own mindset, and being able to, I I think the big difference, exactly what you're talking about, is there's a difference between knowing, like, there's like book smart and street smart, right? Street mm-hmm. smart, right? So like you could pass the test, you could know all the terms and the knowledge and stuff like that, but until you start executing and you start getting clients and you start doing listings and and uh, exactly. showing houses and whatnot, that's where you really start to pick it up because it's repetition, it's practice. Exactly. And in Dallas, you don't need a license to practice uh, new home sales. That's the funniest thing, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, you only need a license to uh, to do resale, which is two different two different you know ball games. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if you're too familiar with resale and uh, new home sales, but for mm-hmm. the people who aren't, uh, resale is typically when you get a, a resale agent and you sell a home that's already been built, a mm-hmm. home that has history to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new home build is the typical model home that you walk in and see everything that's pretty, touch everything, but everything's an upgrade. <laughs> so it's and it's staged so beautifully. As well. ex- exactly, <laughs> and it catches everyone's eyes, and so that's where you can build it from the ground up. And, and it's either going to be a custom home, or it's going to be you know like the what a lot of new home builders are going into now is is more of a template cutout home, a cookie cutter mm-hmm. home, which is sad to say, but you know, you, you have to, you know, keep up with the market and that's what the market's calling for right now. Is the market. Yeah. The market's like super hot right now. Yeah. That's in Arizona. I don't oh, know about Texas. I, yeah. I went to go visit Arizona. What was it about a year ago on the, I was primarily West Valley. So yeah, with, with you and mm-hmm. just the, the difference, man, it's just, so many new homes, so many more commercial buildings, which is going to lead mm-hmm. to, you know, more people living there. And, you know, all the West Coast leaving to, to go to Arizona, Nevada and Texas is just it's just amazing mm-hmm. the growth that Arizona had. So uh, it's not it's not it's not too bad going back to Arizona because it's going to be it's going to be on fire. Not because the heat, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the sale, I mean, yeah, new homes are just selling out so quickly, too, because everything that's, you know, the um, where the not not new homes but the resales of the of the houses those are just going out like puppies as well i mean mm-hmm. people are paying over asking because it's just <laughs> the the quantity is just not there for the demand so it's exactly not. exactly but, that's why uh, i forgot the forgot the, the the stat to it but um 
they're like you said, new new homes resale. They just can't keep up with demand. Um, mm-hmm. so unfortunately, they're making a lot of uh, multifamily, you know, um, properties, which would be apartments, condos, or not condos, but uh, apartments and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's well, whoever can pick up the the, the homes the first. Yeah, totally. And so, I mean, with with the Laptop Entrepreneurs Podcast as well, a lot of people that do listen to this are interested in side hustles and gaining extra knowledge. And I talk a lot about motivation and being the difference between motivation and being driven and mindset and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but going on more on the side hustle route, if somebody is interested in getting into real estate, not as an agent, but as far as investing, mm-hmm. do you have any tidbits on what, what a person could do to look for or... Uh, price-wise or comps. I, I know there's oh, a lot of things that go into it, but just some basic steps. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, if you're not going into it for to, to sale, you know, you know uh, resale side or a new home side, yeah, definitely. You you see, you know, uh, open houses all over, all over the area. Definitely mm-hmm. walk in, def- definitely get an understanding for what people are looking for because there's going to be an agent inside the house. So talk to them, get an understanding, say, hey, what are people looking for here? What is the price? You know, I think Arizona, I think the median price is is just about 300000 So on a mortgage, you're looking at, you know, $1,000 with, you know, good credit. Um, yeah. Yep. So you look at that, you look at the the aesthetic of the house, the outside, the inside. Um, it's constantly changing. Right now, you're looking at a, a big white, you know, white countertop, white kitchen, um, white floors. Um, that's, that's a big, uh, for better words, uh, that's the style nowadays. Different style, yeah. yeah. So that that's something to keep up too, because let's say you're trying to you know do a flipping, you're flipping a home, which is pretty pretty regular for for real estate people. Um, you don't want to add you know old old uh, wood cabinets, you know, um, you know you, right. you don't want to put granite on there and have no one mm-hmm. like it. Because uh, granite's totally out nowadays. If you didn't, know. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be outdated before. <laughs> so that that also helps. Um, that's for the flipping side. If you want to get into a multifamily, um, if that you want to make that a primary thing, I'd say start off in apartment complex. You know, you get an understanding for how people are, and then you truly see people for their for their true colors, and you get a better understanding um, to how to react to people, how to understand you know hundreds hundreds of people living in your complex. Mm-hmm. So that that right there, you get. Um, uh, a good background when it comes to understanding people. Totally. And could you tell me a little bit more um, for the audience about like how much money would you need to get started on, let's say a $300,000 house? What would be your down payment? What is down payment? Yeah. Um, expenses to worry about along the way. If you're going to rent it out, what do you, how do you find renters? Stuff like that. Yeah. So um, finances is, is the, is the scariest, is the big bad thing, right? That everyone's scared of. They see $300,000. They think, Oh my gosh, that's, Way too much money. I don't even have that in the bank. Da 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 da. The thing that's it's, it's not that much to worry about unless you have you know three hundred four hundred credit. Then you're gonna have a problem. But mm-hmm. three hundred thousand. That's you know if we're just doing basic math, that's a thousand dollar mortgage right there. That's less than a one bedroom apartment in Arizona and Dallas. So, so is your mortgage based off a percentage of the overall value? Um, and then it's per like 15 or 30 years, depending on how you finance it. Yeah. So there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of variables that go into it. Um, your credit, how much you, you put down. Um, and the one thing everyone thinks is 
and it's a, it's a traditional route. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm buying home. My mom, dad, grandpa said, Hey, I need to put down 80, you know, uh, 80,000 or, you know, 10% mm-hmm. or something like that. It's not, you know, ultimately the, the right thing to do because the average mm-hmm. person lives in a home, you know, five to seven years, I, I would think, you know, I know, mm-hmm. Um, some people live in their first home forever, right? Until they die. So thirty right. years mortgage is going to be nothing for them. So putting down that eighty thousand is, is going to be useless in a sense, because right. unless you're chasing a payment, that's the only reason you're going to be putting down eighty thousand ah, dollars on okay. a three hundred thousand dollar home. Now, if you're living five to seven years, right? And let's say the um, the oh, what's the word? <laughs> Um, the, the growth, basically the, uh, uh, how much a uh, home it valued goes up like right. here, in, here in Dallas, it's like 12.25%. Uh-huh. So let's say you buy a home for 300,000, which is possible here. And mm-hmm. you put down the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And so you do that. And, uh, I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> no worries. You, you put no down, worries. you put down the bare minimum, right. And by the end of the five, seven year span, uh, or at least two uh, at the at the base two three years because um, yeah base two three years uh, you're gonna be getting more out of that house than you put into the house mm-hmm. which that's where the whole um, you know either you could sell it or you can rent it out for you know but here in Dallas you have to live here for two years before you could rent it out so you don't uh, have to pay capital really yeah Is that, I didn't know that was a rule that's a mandated mandated rule that you have to. Before renting out two years, yeah, and it's uh, I don't I think it's I think that rule got pushed to Arizona. It the change is very state, but um, and for the whole going to the you know buying a home and then renting it out and then moving to another home, there's a there's a slick little way to what'd you say? Because let's say you, you bought a house for you know a thousand dollars a month minimum, mm-hmm. so obviously you're gonna rent that house for you know twelve hundred thirteen fifteen hundred depending what the market is, you know, is in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a slick little rule um, where, you, you know, let's say you say, hey, I want to go crazy. I want to have this, you know, I want to rent this house for 2000 but your mortgage mm-hmm. is only 1000 There's a certain number between 2000 and 1000 where you, I forgot what you don't have to pay, but it's a, it's a very slick little number. And, you know, it's right. saying that you can't go too high, but you can't go too low because obviously you want a profit. Right. Gotcha. So then with your, cause Ashton homes, that's new builds. Um, so right. It's mainly new builds. Or yeah. That's, new builds? yeah. So with, with that position, do you, how do you do like new models are the, is the financing structure differently than resale? Um, is it, is it more competitive on new builds? Is can you tell, tell me a little bit about that? It's a little more competitive um, just because everyone's trying to get into a new build. Um, you're, you're starting to see uh, resale slow down a little bit. More people are trying to understand uh, new homes. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I think it was new home sales. I think only account for I think it's like twenty thirty percent of the whole market. So a lot of realtors don't even know about new home sales, which is so surprising because mm-hmm. uh, it's easier money in their in their pocket, which everyone's trying to you know get right. Uh, resale can either be. 30 days, 45 days to get cash in your you know, pocket versus resale or sorry, new home sales. You have things called inventory homes, which are ready done homes um, mm-hmm. that the buyer or that the builder already built 
for someone mm-hmm. who doesn't want to wait, you know, eight to nine months, which is a long time. Uh, but that's if you build. Uh, so, you know, re- resale agents can come get an inventory home or they can bring their client and they could build their dream home and but wait, you know, eight to nine months. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's good. I mean, so an- another thing I just I'm just kind of thinking of questions along. The way yeah, no problem. Style, but like so. We grew up in an age, digital age, right? That's that's our kind of our niche, right? Is social right. media, <clears throat> um, Apple with the iPhones, the MacBooks, <laughs> crazy, right? Like what, right. We, what we've experienced in our lifetime and how we had to pick up on some of these things. So, like, how do you utilize social media and or what's your understanding of uh, social media, et cetera, experience? Yeah, it's it's huge. You know, the fact that my company at the time, I'm no longer with Asher once because I'm going to be moving to, to Arizona. Mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> the fact that I think it's like 80, 90% of what we do is online from our CRM. We used Salesforce and dynamic builder um, mm-hmm. to understand everything. And Salesforce is just a social media powerhouse um, having to email people, you know, send them pictures, videos, mm-hmm. um, send them interesting little videos of ourselves walking in their home, explaining everything like that. Instead of the mm-hmm. customer having to come, uh, coming over to the building, you know, be cautious of where they're standing, what to touch. It makes it so much easier, especially times during like this, during COVID, um, this COVID time, you know, it's so much easier to send a video out of their home that they're being built and send it to the buyer. Even reaching out to people, it's a lot easier sending pictures, um, videos, et cetera. Yeah. And and with that too, is I think it does make marketing a little bit easier um, and interacting with customers. But on the other side of it, I always like to look at both sizes. It, it definitely, it, it plays a role in how there's a lot more stress and pressure to make sure you take care of everything. So like, mm-hmm. you know, with the social media, you also need to have a website, a Google My Business, Google Analytics, Google AdWords, like every, there's a lot of little tools you can use, you know, to enhance your social media. So like, with that being said is, do you think that overall, what's what's a way for somebody to utilize social media in a proper way versus an improper way where it just kind of dwells on them and it runs them down. Yeah. So uh, obviously you can always do too much. You can always be that guy sending out blast every five minutes to someone, which you definitely don't want to do. That's how you lose people. But um, persistence, being persistent with everything. That's, that's the number one thing, whether it's once a day, twice a day, um, you have to have people in your ear. Or you have to be in people's ear about yourself because one day they're going to be, hey, you know, we want to move or, hey, we're interested in this. Even if they have questions, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to think about you. Why? Because they keep seeing, you, you know, your, your ads, <laughs> your little uh, marketing plan. Exactly. So mm-hmm. persistence is the number one thing. And that's the thing most people are afraid about is, hey, Colin, when are you going to do this? Hey, Colin, are you ready? Hey, Colin, you know what I mean? You know, there's yeah, a way of doing it, you know, where it's, hey, push you. Exactly. There's a way of doing it where I'm your buddy and hey, I'm here whenever you need to talk and I'm going to remind you of that. And then there's a way there's a car salesman, right? Which everyone loves car salesmen. Uh-huh. So you definitely don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for social. Yeah. Again, the, the, another bad thing you could do is just say, hey, it's social media. Um, no one is going to be on social media. I'm just going to leave that there. And when they're ready to email me is when, you know, they'll be ready. Never trust your, never trust a, a, a random buyer to just randomly reach out to you. Cause that's not how it works. You know, if it right. does, then you're lucky, but yeah, you know, always be persistent. That's what I can say. And that's the number one thing. 
that's how Absolutely. you get money, you know. Reach, reach out as much as you can and put the most effort forward. What I've always been told is if you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't hurt to ask, you know. Like, I've definitely been in that position where I have to ask for more money or I don't. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I just kind of got to know my worth. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a powerful thing. I mean, we're both I'm, – I'm a really salesy guy too. Like, I, I like sales. I understand it. Um, but I think the big thing that I like talking about is like brand image and brand awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically just, you know, Nike has a brand, just do it. You see their commercial, you instantly know it's about Nike, like the way that they framework their ads. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, let's talk a little bit about that because I'm really passionate about brand image. I'm really passionate about sales and, and cultivating relationships. So let's talk about how do you develop your own brand image? You know, I think it all starts with a smile, right? So whether it's meeting someone in person for the first time, they're going to remember you like, hey, it's that guy with a good smile. It's the guy that's welcoming. Um, I think the, the grammar or the, uh, how, <laughs> I think the, the right word is ethos, right? Um, mm -hmm. In English. So I think understanding ethos is, is the biggest part of it. And that's why I think most people don't understand is understanding people's reaction to everything, right? Their, their emotional side. So once you hit that emotional button, they're going to think, okay, um, you know, Chris or Colin really made me feel good about this, about this company or um, wow, that, that, that symbol made me really happy and made me cry tears of joy. I don't know why it would, but, <laughs> you yeah. know, just hitting that emotional button is really going to connect them to your brand. You know, exactly. if you see a, you know, a bland white and black, I don't know, something symbol that says W you're going to think of just W. You're not going to think of, I don't know, <laughs> uh, some special company. But Nike, you have just do it, right? Which makes people think, well, just I'm just going to do it. You know? Just do it. Yeah. It's, it's just do it. <laughs> so it, ma it makes people think, right? And physically, the physical part of it, I don't think plays too much of a role. Um, obviously, just do it. Their, their clothes, is, their Nike is just great. But I think it's the emotional side that keeps everyone attached and keeps them pretty loyal. Absolutely. And I, that you just hit on the most important thing to me is that, you know, especially with seeing guys like Cardone or Gary Vee or, you know, those Jason Capital, those like motivational speakers is there. I think the big difference, I always think about execution, right? So like, but with that, you also have to think about, okay, what kind of relationships do I want to create with people? Like, I, like today, somebody, one of my clients was telling me that they ate too much cheese at NYPD. And like, <laughs> I, if my mom told me that, right, like, I would have just been like, okay, like, I hope stuff to feel better, take some Tums. But like, he's a client of mine, like, I need to develop a relationship with him. So we talked about that for like five, 10 minutes without even talking about work. Right. And that's like the smallest things is just relating with them, telling stories, uh, talking to them, communicating. And I think that's what really separates somebody from your typical salesperson that just wants you to buy the product for somebody that actually wants to help you because they actually want to enhance your life. I totally agree. I totally 100% agree. It's the, yeah. you know, you can learn from if you've had boyfriend, girlfriend, past relationships, it's mm -hmm. the small things that matter when it comes to a sale. Whether it's you wearing the same, the, uh, the you know the right color, their favorite color, um, mm -hmm. speaking the same way, your body, your body language, how you speak, how you present yourself, it makes a huge difference when it comes to a sale. And not a lot of people think that they think 
I'm just a silver, I'm just a silver tongue salesperson, which mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. There are some salespeople who can do that and make it work. But for the most part, you know, being presentable is the best way. And again, well, the little things that make a huge difference in a sale, which again, you caught on and most people our age don't understand that most people, you know, older don't even understand that they may have more experience in life than us, but mm-hmm. they're not understanding how emotional a sale is to people. Absolutely. Like, exactly. And the, the thing with that too, is you are, it, it's flipping. That's uh, like, I think a lot of people are so scared of sales because they haven't done it. Right. Like <laughs> when you do, I used to work at U-Haul and I just did straight sales for about, I think I did it for four or five months. Like really, what do you, what, what sales do you, or is there is U-Haul? Like uh, what do you, you sell trucks or? Yeah. So basically we'd rent out these, the trailers or the, or the trucks or equipment um, on behalf of you all to people that are looking to move. Mm-hmm. And it was just constantly, you know, customers yelling at you for stuff that you didn't do. And like, but then when you, like I talked to one client or one, uh, one customer you all for like an hour, we just talked about <laughs> how I sounded like her grandson. And it's like, could I, did I only make like $5 an hour? Yes. But at the same time, am I going to, that person, you know, connected with me, they're going to trust you all again. And I'm representing a company. So like, that's, that's my biggest thing too, is I don't go in wanting the money. I go in because I know I can help you mm-hmm. and I want to create a relationship with you because it, it not, it benefits both of us. And so that's how I think, you know, we should look at it. That's interesting. I didn't know that's what you all had in the offer, but yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah, you may you might have only made five dollars that hour or whatever, spending an hour with her. But it's right. the it's the lasting impression that you made on her. And who knows? She might send uh, a couple of her, her other friends to come talk to her, uh, her grandson. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly. I don't work there anymore, but uh, I'm sure. Hopefully that uh, that fruit is still growing. I mean, it's. But yeah, I mean, like sales. I think sales are just killer like I, I i don't know why that's not a major in, in school and stuff like that and maybe it is in some places but i um, i don't think it was i i honestly don't think we was i know we went to two different very very different high schools but yeah. uh i was never taught i was just good at you know pe and english that's all i was good at mm-hmm. so you uh, went, did you go to millennium i did go to millennium okay <laughs> i that's funny i i might have seen you there because i used to hoop there um a little bit in high school so I really yeah oh i played a little club ball in high school and so i would the the guys on my team like more than half were from millennium and the coaches from millennium so we would just practice with millennium um oh i didn't know that yeah yeah that's cool though oh interesting because i I knew you i knew at least what i can remember um i know it was so long ago but your your number one thing was basketball i remember i think you had like a small little hoop in your room or or something yeah. like that. Dude, um, I still love it. I just wish I could it. play as much. But we're like, <laughs> now that we're grown-ass adults, we can't even like – I like, can I just go shoot for an hour maybe? It's like, no, yeah. nope, it's too dark or, you know, we don't have enough time. Yeah, but you can't you can't really play right now outside. And I like playing outside um, unless it's a really good court. But, I mean, I'm not going to go play in 110, 115-degree weather, you know. It's only a, it's only 110, only 115. What are you talking yeah, about? Dude, I mean, I don't know. I, I It's it's so hot, man. I feel, <laughs> I feel bad for my dogs, too. Like, they can't even. Oh, they're outside uh, dogs. Oh, man. I, I, yeah, they love going outside, but it's so hot. Yeah. What kind of dogs are they? 
They're Australian Shepherd Chocolate Lab mixes. Okay. Oh, I had a Chocolate Lab. And, yeah, I can't imagine being that furry and everything like that, being outside. I know. Um, it's so, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. My poor dog felt it. <laughs> I know. And dogs have such a cool life, too. They're just trying to, like, sit there. They sleep all day. But then again, they don't get to go out and do things. They don't have control. Yeah. They eat sleep. Dogs, you dogs care about brand image and self-awareness. And Who knows? They always mindset. pick a, the, the colorful treat, right? The, the smelling yeah. the smelling treat. They always remember it. Dude, I think I think that'd be a really cool case study to figure out if I don't know if that's true or not, but if dogs that might be my new career path. Well, I don't think it'd be color, right? Because because I think I don't know, I'm not a dog expert, but I think dogs are colorblind, though. Yeah, they're colorblind, but I mean, as far as do they think about like, like sure. what do their minds think about? Do they think about their next treat? Do they think about um, when are they going to eat or drink next? Do they think about okay, this is a better spot to sleep in than this spot? Like, that's I'm just true. Curious to think about like what goes on in a dog's brain. Well, you know, if a certain sound triggers an emotion for them, you know, squeak obviously a toy, they get really happy. Obviously, if you pull yeah. uh, 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 a walking or what do you call those? Uh, um, a leash, a dog walking chain. Yeah, pull a leash out, they're gonna get happy because they hear that jingle. So exactly, pitches that make them feel good, or that'd be interesting to see, actually. Yeah, well, there's that. I mean, there's just that thing we've learned about in middle school and high school. Uh, I'm such, I can't even. Is it not the Skinner box, but like, is it the Skinner box? The Skinner box. What is that? I have no it's, idea what that is. It's like a psychological term. So, yeah, okay. So it's, they didn't do it with dogs; they did it with rats. But basically, like certain certain um actions trigger certain emotions so like if they would ring the bell twice that means it was time for food so they would track rats oh yeah okay it's yeah. like a psychology thing i've heard i I, yeah. I, I I like psychology a lot i've heard um, of that that's what i wanted to do originally because i i really? think the human mind is just so just how people like Dope, react dude. to things i then i figured out you have to go to 10 and 12 years of college then i said eh, no i'm good I'll I don't Google need to do that. that. Yeah, I'll Google that. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the risk that the the truth is not there. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always been fun, but I ended up in sales, so I'm happy with where I'm at. Well, I mean, the sales <laughs> is still with the mindset and the brain and stuff like that, you know. And yeah, you yeah, you definitely have to understand who you're talking to, and um, there's the there's a chart, not a chart, but uh, my old boss was telling me that. It's, I think it's EQ or EIQ, emotional intelligence or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, and he said I was very high in that, and you don't see a lot of people doing that. <laughs> no, I can know, tell, yeah. No, once yeah. you, once someone walks in, you read their body image, their smile, their the way their head's moving, their hands are moving, you know, it's there's a lot to read into, and not a lot of people pick up on that. Yeah, man, exactly. Man, I should, I should just have you work with me for getting my sales for my marketing. Yeah, <laughs> that would help. Well, I'm I, should, I should definitely tell that you have a good understanding of like mindset, understanding people, and understanding your brand image and, and all those things. So that's impressive. Yeah, it's it's a big thing for me. And uh, again, being told that growing up, I was like, I I don't know what that means, you know, until mm -hmm. you actually put it to use, and you know, you, you get understanding because you get people. I was having veterans of, of new home sales saying, wow, you're going to be great at this. And, you know, just getting compliments, which you're thinking like, oh, they're just saying that because, you know, they're my coworkers, but you, no, you, it's really, honest. Yeah. Yeah, you really see it work for you. And you're like, oh, okay, this does work. And you start looking at your bank account and you're like, okay, maybe I am doing something right. 
I like this. <laughs> I like this. I'm going to keep doing this. You're nothing like seeing the money grow, man. Exactly. And and I was in, shoot, being in new home sales at 21, man, uh-huh. that was just most new home people, most new home sales people. I was the youngest one in my company um, really? next to this, a girl that was in the same age as me in Georgia or sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah, Georgia. Um, the closest person to my age was, I think, 32, um, which is still pretty young for, for new home sales. So that's yeah. one thing I had to get over because <laughs> you see people who are 40, 50, 60 years old, 70 at sometimes walk into a new home sales and they see a 21 year old. They think I'm not, wow. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, risk my six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars with this 21 year old. What, what life experience does he have? And yeah, you got it. I mean, that's got a hump. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. man. That's where you have to show that you know what you're talking about, um, that you're trustworthy, and that's where the whole you know ethos, emotional thing comes into, and that's where you get their trust, and they think, okay, okay, I can trust this 21 year old. Exactly, you have to be on a different level, just being able to communicate exactly what the house is all about, understanding their needs, their wants. Maybe they want to pull, maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. It goes deeper than that. Even like the smallest things I've noticed, like if they want their laundry and their dryer to make yeah. sure it comes with house, right? It's like your <laughs> contingency. Exactly, uh, exactly. But yeah, man, it, it, it's nuts. But all righty, I think we are going to wrap up this podcast, try to keep them a little bit shorter than the, than the long ones, just so, you know, when people do cardio or something like that, they can listen. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it was great catching up with you and stuff like that. Um, if you want to check out Chris, uh, you can go on LinkedIn. It's Chris Gutierrez, which is G-U-T-I. E-R-R-E-Z. Check him out on Facebook, too. You can talk to him about um, new homes and just real estate in general. But, yeah, Chris, thanks for being here. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. Yeah, no, thanks, Colin. Thanks for having me on. It was great talking to you, and uh, hopefully we can uh, catch up again. Yeah, man. Let me know when you get back to AZ. We'll grab a beer or something. Definitely. That sounds like a plan. All right, cool. Have a good one, Chris. You too. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, Colin here. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Um, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Colin H Official, or you can go on YouTube at Colin Hernandez. My company website is cloud-marketing.com. You can also see all the episodes on there. Thanks again for giving me a listen, and I love to chat with you. So go ahead and DM me, message me, whatever that may be, and we'll see you for the next episode. Thanks. Have a good one.